Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Scott Newark joins us, former Alberta prosecutor, also a former senior policy advisor to a federal minister of public safety, past executive director of the Canadian Police Association, and professor at Simon Fraser University. Scott, let's start with the, with the news story. Dozens of people being held in Canada's immigration detention centers have been released in recent days amid the COVID-19 pandemic, and that's reported by Rachel Brown of Global News. What do you say to that? Yeah, I saw that story, and it's you're right. It is a follow-on to the uh, reporting that's been uh, this week about uh, releases from custody, different kinds of custody, primarily provinces. But the uh, there had been some uh, mention as well, too, that the federal uh, government should get into this as well with federal offenders. Obviously, it's more difficult because they are more serious offenders. And so far, all we've really heard is that you know, from Minister Blair and the Prime Minister, is that we're, quote, looking into it. And then this story uh, broke by coincidence. I'd actually heard something about that. And you're quite correct. There is a uh, reporting of the fact that people who are being held uh, as a result of uh, their uh, entry to Canada, including the people who are illegally having entered Canada, uh, that those people are now being released as well, too. And that will be a decision that's made by the federal government, Canada Border Services Agency, and there's been a uh, drop uh, that was reported from 61 uh, uh, cases. Uh, it, it will have been a drop of, or a, a result of 34 people being released uh, in the space of a week. Now, we have no information about the details of those individuals, about whether or not they'd actually tested positive or not, where they're going. If there are you know, conditions on their release, like, for example, electronic monitoring, because as you know, and we've talked about before, what do we have around 45,000 people now who are non-citizens who've got arrest warrants out for them? Yes. Those are the kinds of considerations that need to be taken into account by officials when they're making these decisions because of the way things are. And, you know, it's it, you, you want to be careful because, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but there is clearly a um, uh, inappropriate... Um, locations for these individuals in light of this uh, COVID-19 virus because you're not able to really separate people and the risk of infection is higher. Although there are other measures that, measures that can certainly be taken, by, like by you know, restricting access to the place. Uh, if they've got to have uh, uh, court appearances or board appearances, you do it by video conference. So for me, the thing about this is I'm not surprised that this has now crept into the federal system as well, but it would be nice, uh, and I think Canadians deserve to have, more details about what's exactly going on. These individuals were considered to be sufficiently questionable that yes. they were de de detained for that very reason. Yes. They were considered to be, let's use the word, questionable. So do we know where they're going? Do you know? Do we know where they're That's being released the point, to? Roy. That is the point, is that at least in what's been reported so far, and I know that there have been journalists asking those questions as well, too, and they're not getting answers, uh, no. There has been, and how are we going to enforce it? Right? How do we know that they're going to show up where they say they're going up, where they're, where they're going? I mean, that's, that's an absolutely appropriate question. I also asked on Twitter a couple of times whether people were in agreement with low-risk offenders in Canada's prisons being released. And we're talking maybe about white-collar crime, um, some others as well, and low-risk offenders. And the response that I had from, uh, again, on Twitter was almost 100% against that kind of program. What's the justification that Mr. Blair and Mr. Trudeau are using? Um, well,
Well, they really haven't given anything other than what I just mentioned, which is that there's a higher risk of infection simply because of the way the facilities are constructed and that the once the you know, virus gets in there, it means that it can spread. Similar in one sense to, like, the seniors' home, that it's the, the nature of the location itself where the individuals are um, uh, located that increases the risk of infection. And there have been confirmed infections of either inmates or correctional officials in yeah, I saw that. provinces in Canada. Yeah. Um, the real important part, I think, is on the provincial side, and that's where you're seeing provinces like uh, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Ontario in particular, and they're using their authorities on what, as you described, were those lower-risk individuals, whether it's on intermittent sentences where you have to go spend the weekend, so it's really part of a deterrent, and instead of having to do that, they're using uh, electronic monitoring, uh, reconsidering bail where people have been denied bail, and again, they're using, you know, putting conditions on, and it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And also on provincial uh, uh, offenders, that's less than two years, potentially being released, you know, early on temporary absences or on day parole, things like that. And again, with conditions of where they reside and electronic monitoring. Because you have to balance here the nature of the, the group of people we're talking about. There is obviously public safety concerns about simply opening the doors, and that's not where we need to go, and it looks as though at least the provinces are heading in the right direction. So I was about to ask you how you as the former prosecutor and the former executive director of the Canadian Police Association feel about this program. Um, I must admit I had some mixed uh, feelings at first, but I think, it is, uh, I think it is fair to say that as a society, you know, we have an obligation to ensure that the people who are locked up for what they've done uh, you know, are not their lives are not uh, needlessly jeopardized. And unfortunately, this particular uh, virus has created a situation that we had not anticipated. Now, I can tell you that after this is, uh, you know, taken care of, we should certainly be doing the lessons learned kind of an exercise so that the changes can be made not only on, you know, whether or not there's a, a better way to deal with offenders other than by incarceration, but also about what you do inside facilities. But, you know, the, the rehabilitation of offenders is something that is part of our system. And as you know, the people from the uh, offenders advocacy groups always say, uh, you know, we send people to jail uh, as punishment, not for punishment. And there's a, there's a truth to that, and I think our system yes, has to adjust to this. But equally, at the same time, keeping into account public safety, and I say this in particular in relation to domestic violence and sexual assault victims as well, too, those people are not needlessly uh, jeopardized because there are some steps we can take and it needs to be done. And, frankly, the federal government, if they wanted to actually do something, could contribute funding towards that. Scott, any precedent of any kind to refer to in the Canadian experience? Um, not that you're aware, aware of? of where there was this kind of mass release of uh, offenders. Um, so we know how many? Uh, that have been released right now? Mm -hmm. No, but I bet you, because they're not releasing the numbers, but I have some information about, you know, for example, uh, provinces acquiring electronic monitoring technology. I suspect in the overall uh, circumstances, when you add all of the different uh, provincial and federal uh, releases in, you're going to be talking into the thousands. Yeah, you're right. I mean, when it comes to sending somebody to prison, you're not sending them uh, to prison to die. No, and, uh, and frequently, let's face it, we're sending and, them, you know, for denunciation or deterrence, and that's fine yeah. as long as we can relatively, you know, confirm yeah. their safety. But when you add in a circumstance like this virus, that's not, uh, 
And I still think, as I've said all the time, I think the genius of our system is its capability to deal with this offender, this offense, and as well, these circumstances. And these are changed circumstances. As long as they understand who they're releasing yes, and what correct. that person, what threat that person might pose to society or a group within society, like children or if somebody has, you know, we just recently had a situation where the uh, the, 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 uh, the murderer in Quebec was yes. was released uh, and was allowed to go out and seek sexual favors. Sentencing. Or on jail decisions where judges are clearly taking this into account and where they otherwise might have imposed a custodial sentence or not doing so. So it's something, and it's like, you know, as I mentioned at the outset, uh, this is a social, a public interest uh, consequence of this virus that is uh, just now beginning to uh, manifest itself. And yeah, life sure is changing. 100% correct. The most important thing is not a one size fits all approach. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.